Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alert's podcast focused on the business news and issues shaping the state. In this episode, we'll hear about how the rising interest rates are affecting Missouri real estate. Then, we'll take a look at what USDA federal funding means for the future of climate-smart agriculture in Missouri. My name is Siggy Reese, and I'm joined by my co-host, Teddy Mayorka. Teddy, how are you doing this week? Siggy, I am good. It's uh, it's getting a little colder here in mid-Missouri, and uh, I'm, I'm starting to look forward to buying some pumpkins. You know, we're getting to October here, but the prices are on the rise, so, you know, it's a conflicting ordeal. I know. I've been uh, kind of uh, battling myself with whether or not I should go out and buy pumpkins for my apartment or if I should save my money. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough decision to make, but fortunately, you got a long time until Halloween. But are you ready to get into this week's headlines? Absolutely. Why don't you start us off? Let's do it. Missouri electric line crews headed to Florida this week ahead of Tropical Storm Ian's landfall. The contingent, organized by the Missouri Public Utility Alliance, includes over 50 trucks representing 13 different utilities. Trucks are being deployed to areas across the state that will be in need of power restoration after the storm. As of midday Thursday, Ian was downgraded to a tropical storm but continued to move northeast. The storm is expected to move off the east-central coast of Florida later Thursday, before approaching the coast of South Carolina on Friday as a hurricane once again. Missouri will receive nearly $100 million in federal funding through the end of 2026 for electric vehicle infrastructure, the Biden administration confirmed this week. The funding comes from the bipartisan infrastructure law passed last November. Missouri is planning to increase electric vehicle infrastructure by building out an electric vehicle charging network. State transportation officials have also released a plan addressing how Missouri will navigate the implementation of the network. And in other federal funding news, the U.S. Department of Agriculture will award nearly $15 million to two Missouri telecommunication companies to provide rural areas with high-speed Internet. The companies, NetVisions Communications and Charlton Valley Telephone Corporation, are among more than 30 receiving funds from the Rural Development Broadband Reconnect Program's third round of funding. Established in 2018, the program awarded over $1 billion over its first three years. The Agriculture Department plans to award more funding in the coming months. Lawmakers continue to discuss a proposed income tax plan that earned Senate approval last week. The House Budget Committee approved the legislation on Wednesday with an added amendment to repeal corporate income tax. It now has a price tag of about $2 billion, a large increase from the $700 million cut originally sought by Governor Parson. The bill is now in the House for deliberation. And finally, researchers found that the longhorn tick, a type of tick that can cause illness in cattle, is in northern Missouri, according to a University of Missouri report this week. The tick was previously encountered in southern Missouri and does not pose a high safety risk to people or pets. However, the longhorn tick can cause damage in terms of agricultural business. Bovine thelariosis, the disease spread from the parasite to cattle, has led to the loss of millions of dollars in agricultural revenue for cattle ranchers globally. Business Brief will continue after a quick word from our sponsors. Know of a business or nonprofit in Boone County that has shown kindness to our community? Nominate them today for a Kindness in Business Award. The Kindness in Business Awards are proudly presented through a collaboration between Missouri Business Alert and Children's Grove. The awards aim to celebrate kindness, resiliency, and sacrifice among businesses in Boone County. Let's face it, kindness deserves recognition. 
We hope you will join us in nominating local businesses and nonprofits for these awards at kindnessinbusinessawards.com. Nominations are being accepted through September 30th, 2022. Again, you can nominate at kindnessinbusinessawards.com. Spread kindness today. For our first story, we'll take a look at the effects that rising interest rates are having on the real estate industry. Sounds interesting. What's been the impact on the housing market? Well, as interest rates are increasing, mortgage rates are also reaching heights not seen since the Great Recession in 2008. But local agents say they're not losing clients. Here's Missouri Business Alert reporter Kelly DeRook to tell us more about it. With the Federal Reserve Bank dedicated to fighting inflation, interest rates have continued to increase. Alongside them, mortgage rates have also risen. The previously red-hot housing market has felt a chill as acquiring capital becomes more expensive. Last week, the Fed raised interest rates by three-fourths of a percentage point for the third consecutive time. Officials indicated that they are prepared to continue this trend if inflation is not tamed. Following this announcement, 30-year mortgage rates approached 6.3%. That's a level not seen since the housing market crashed in October 2008, which triggered the Great Recession. Some home buyers may choose to postpone their plans to purchase a house with these mortgage rates, says Joseph Haslick, a professor of economics at the University of Missouri. The additional cost to borrow money reduces the amount that can be spent on the actual cost of a house. Every uptick in the mortgage rate means a, a higher uh, mortgage payment unless you're going to put more money down. Uh, so for a given down payment, it, it makes it harder to buy a house. Nationally, home sales fell nearly 20% from August last year. Sales are now at their slowest pace annually since May 2020, according to the National Association of Realtors. However, this hasn't altogether stymied home sales in Missouri. Megan Walters, the lead broker for the Walters Team Realty in Columbia, says that while smaller markets have experienced a slowdown, the city's realty market continues to thrive. None of my personal buyers that I work with have dropped with the rate hike of last week. Um, it has changed mostly, honestly, people's budgets. Um, you know, what they could have afforded at a lower rate a couple months back is different than what they can afford today. For some home buyers, the mortgage rate has little impact on their decision to purchase a house because they must relocate for a job or other reasons regardless of home prices. For some, these rates are the highest they've experienced in their adult lives. Others remember a time when a mortgage rate over 6% would have been a bargain. John Mayfield, president of industry group Missouri Realtors, feels that the reception to the rising mortgage rates is a matter of perspective, as today's rates may seem low to those in real estate during the 1980s. Then I had to say to myself, you know, I sold homes for years when interest rates were 14, 15, as high as 18 <laughs> percent. And believe it or not, there was one time when interest rates were as high as 20 percent. I remember refinancing one of my homes at 12%, and I was the happiest person driving home from the uh, bank after I'd refinanced my home at 12% interest. While rising rates create some financial difficulties for home buyers, it also creates a new environment for realtors navigating the changing market conditions. Many new real estate agents entered the field while the market was hot last year. But now, the declining supply of houses and increasing prices have changed the housing climate. Walters feels this may create a more competitive market. Now, and we had a huge influx of um, real estate agents in our industry. I think Columbia right now is at about 733 last time I checked. 
the market share is going to get a lot smaller, which means it's going to get only tighter for agents and there's going to just be more competition. Industry groups like Missouri Realtors offer support to new agents navigating the ever-changing market. Mayfield says new realtors may need to do some more work to build their customer base. You have to roll your sleeves up a little bit harder and get out and maybe knock on doors and do tra traditional types of prospecting. But my advice to them would be don't get discouraged. Prospecting refers to the search conducted by real estate agents looking to find homes for sale that fit the desires of their clients. Last year, when the market was booming, many homes were being purchased almost as soon as a for sale sign was planted in the yard. This accelerated the home buying process to the point that some clients even bypassed the customary home inspections prior to purchasing a property. With the market now cooling, agents will need to concentrate on developing deeper relationships with potential home buyers and sellers in order to locate new home listings for their clients, Mayfield says. You need to just follow up with the people you know. We all have so many connections and people we know, and they know people who are thinking about listing or selling their home. And so they can be a great referral for us to help us get uh, work that way. For Walters, the relationships she has formed are a highlight of the work she does. Um, and it doesn't really actually end at the closing table, which is why I love my job. It's, these are people now I have relationships with. You know, you walk alongside of them through a very, um, sometimes exciting, sometimes sad, um, but a very personable part in their chapter in life. For our next segment, we'll take a look at the impact of recently announced funding from the U.S. Department of Agriculture on Missouri Climate Smart Farming. Interesting. So what exactly are climate smart farming practices? They're farming methods focused on increasing soil health so that less maintenance is required, cutting back greenhouse gas emission. An example is cover crops, which are crops planted to slow erosion and enhance soil health so that farmers can reduce the amount of water, pesticide, and fertilizer they need to use. Got it. So what's the effect of this funding for Missouri? Overall, the USDA is investing $3 billion across the country, and Missouri producers are expected to be involved in as many as 25 of the projects. University of Missouri agriculture professor Rob Myers received a $25 million grant. He will lead a project to help Missouri farmers adopt the climate-smart practices and develop new markets for the commodities they produce. Missouri Business Alert reporter Thomas Gleason spoke with Myers last week about the project and the way he envisions its success. Here's part of that conversation. Rob Myers, thank you for joining me today. You're quite welcome. Well, thanks for doing the interview. What does it mean for you to be selected for this $25 million award at a personal level? Well, it's very exciting to know that we're going to be able to do some things to help farmers deal with uh, challenging climate conditions that they're facing. So that's the thing that really comes to my mind is knowing we're going to be able to help a lot of farmers across the state of Missouri. But I'm also excited for the team of people that helped develop the proposal and will be involved. We had um, 25 different organizations that are partnering on this, so it was quite a planning process to put together a, a large $25 million proposal like this, so it's, it's great to have it happen. What are you trying to accomplish with this project? Yeah, there's really two general goals. One is to help farmers adopt certain practices that will help them deal with challenging weather like droughts or excessive rainfall. So some of the practices that we'll be helping them with are uh, cover crops, uh, regenerative grazing, 
uh, doing a better job with nutrient management and then also uh, tree planting in pastures to help put more carbon in the soil, provide shade for cattle and uh, help with forage growth. So, um, and then the second part is this marketing component, helping the farmers develop um, new markets for using these practices. So for example, a company like General Mills, uh, they have been paying farmers to use cover crops in some locations as have some other companies uh, with the idea that it is uh, making their products either more desirable for consumers or at least helping that company meet its uh, carbon goals. So, so those market uh, development aspects is really a second big part of this project in addition to directly helping the farmers with practices. Are there any marketing agencies or farming agencies that you will be working with to sell these climate smart crops? Uh, yeah, we'll work um, with a variety of groups on the marketing side. So as far as agencies, uh, the Missouri Department of Agriculture has a strong marketing arm and we'll rely some on their expertise, but we'll also work again with some of these farm organizations that have their own connections. For example, the Missouri Corn Growers and the Missouri Soybean Association have good ties to uh, biofuel processors in the state of Missouri that will be one of the uh, outlets that we'll work with. So that's some of the, the type of thing we'll look at is um, by using these practices, does that open up new markets for farmers or maybe add value to their, their products so that they can uh, have a better chance to be profitable. You'll be working with a number of different agencies on this project. How do you see that impacting the project? Not everybody will work on every single component of the project, but I think it's going to be very helpful to have the various groups involved. Um, for example, again, if we need to connect with some young farmers, I mentioned Farm Bureau, we've got some other groups like the Columbia Center for Urban Ag, Kansas City uh, Food Hub that will help us connect with different farmers. And so those relationships are going to be really important to make sure we're serving farmers as best we can and, and involving as many farmers as we can. The project spans five years. Do you believe that is enough time to create sustainable change in Missouri? Um, I do. You know, any change is an ongoing process and uh, these uh, practices we'll be working with farmers on. Um, there are farmers using them to some extent, like we have about a million acres of cover crops in Missouri, but we have 10 million acres of cropland. So what we want to do is just help more farmers adopt these practices in a way that they can be successful with them and that contributes to their profitability as well as improving the soil. And so um, I think five years is a good amount of time. Uh, obviously, there'll be work that continues after that from other funding sources, but uh, we should be able to make good progress in the coming years. Rob, thank you again for your time. Well, happy to happy to visit with you. time to talk about our words of the week. Teddy, what's your word this week? This week, my word is traveler troubles. Okay, and what do you mean by that exactly? So the market research firm J.D. Power recently released an annual study that measures traveler satisfaction with airports across North America. This year's study found that traveler satisfaction decreased by 25 points on a 1,000-point scale. That is quite the plunge in numbers. What did the study show for airports in Missouri? Well, the data for Missouri's largest airports, St. Louis Lambert International and Kansas City International, isn't great. Lambert, in the large category, ranked 23rd out of 27 airports, worse than its position last year. 
KCI ranked 25th out of 27 in the large category. Yikes, but major change is on its way to KCI and could be coming to Lambert, right? That's correct. At KCI, a new terminal is expected to open next March. In St. Louis, a $3 billion terminal renovation has been proposed, but talks there are still in preliminary stages. That's all I've got this week. What's your word, Siggy? My word this week is property taxes. Okay, interesting. And what's going on with them? Well, Missourians could see theirs increase this year. The culprit? The supply chain. Hmm. So how is the supply chain at fault for this? Well, right now there is both an automobile part shortage and an increased demand for used cars. This is causing the value of personal vehicles to increase, which means tax assessments are on the rise. Higher assessments may lead to an increase in personal property taxes. According to Missouri state law, local assessors are required to keep property values current each year. Wow, that doesn't sound too good. How are people reacting to this news? Well, some local governments are taking action. In St. Charles County, for example, the county council approved a reduction in its share of the county's property tax rate. Got it. But what about other areas across Missouri? Have they done anything similar? Well, it's unclear as of right now if many other counties are reacting similarly. St. Charles County Assessor Scott Shipman says he is unaware of other counties that have considered reducing their share of tax rates. In St. Louis County, no action has been taken, but County Assessor Jake Zimmerman remarked last year that car values in the county were increasing. For our closing thought, here's John Mayfield on the future of the housing market with a hopeful note for prospective homebuyers. You know, don't let the the news discourage you of higher interest rates or of maybe some real estate turmoil. Just remember, uh, we've seen this before. Items will turn around and and, uh, you'll probably be glad you made that investment when you did. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for providing music for this episode. From my co-hosts, Teddy Mallorca, editors Cole Miller, Katie Quinn, Skylar Rossi, and Michael Stacy, I'm Siggy Reese, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.